My dear listeners, I hope today is going amazing for you. Join me on my podcast as I share stories of people just like you who made bold decisions in their lives and in turn, they live their dreams. As they say, it's up to you to make it happen. This show is sponsored by BioMental, all natural nutritional supplements for your daily needs. Always stay healthy, strong and focused, and the rest will follow. To learn more, go to biomental.org. Hello everyone, today we're meeting Talish Kurupi. He's an IT specialist, uh, episodical podcast host, and also a keynote speaker. Hello, Tali. Thank you for joining us today. Hello, Anna. Thank you for inviting me. It's a great pleasure to be here. Yes. So let's start a conversation with you sharing, um, you know, your own journey of becoming the person you are today. What led you to discover your true passion in life and to realize what you want to do and how to share your gifts with others? Oh, well, you know, that's a very good question. So throughout, you know, past decade living in the US, originally I'm from Kiev, Ukraine, and uh, living here, like meeting people from all over the world, working in the Silicon Valley among some of the smartest people out there, and seeing, uh, seeing that, you know, living in the best place in the world, people still have an issues, many issues with homelessness, with everything, with huge diversity, which, um, you know, uh, income inequality and so on made me uh, want to dedicate much more time to volunteering, to helping others, to uh, trying to get into projects that could help people, you know, fight homelessness or uh, uh, hunger and so on. And it was a shock to me that even in the most developed country in the world, there are still problems on the scale I couldn't even imagine. And, uh, you know, fighting them and contributing my time to volunteering was great, but it never felt like it's actually solving anything. It was more like fighting endless consequences. Uh, but, you know, the number of uh, people suffering never went down. It only goes up year by year. And then the pandemic hit. And that was the time when, you know, I was working from home, getting a little bit more time, and I started discovering various projects, like how else can I contribute uh, to actually make society better in whichever way is possible? Because I was feeling like there should be a group of people who, that that I can find with whom I can really make a difference. And, and that group of people became Creative Society. And um I found it through uh, watching videos and doing research on what's actually happening to our planet because I started noticing that something strange is happening to the number of hurricanes, mm -hmm. uh, number of earthquakes, amount of magnitude uh, of those. And then, you know, one time I was at the Santa Monica Pier, I was talking to the fishermen uh at the Santa Monica Pier and they told me you know the water is not the same here we cannot uh, we're not catching the same fish we used to catch five six years ago because the water got so warmer that the fish migrated we we get a different kind of tuna and whatever we catch in here and I was like wow that's 
like something's definitely happening and we're not even seeing this it's either underreported or downplayed on the media because they say you know there was a big hurricane here and there but something similar happened 100 years ago or 80 years ago and I was like hmm maybe something similar happened 50 years ago but now it feels like every six months there is a new record-breaking event and uh, I was like what's what's going on there I want to find out and um, I noticed that there is only one group of people that's doing comprehensive review by interviewing uh, not only uh, not only people who study atmosphere because for some reason climate change became only about atmosphere all we hear about co2 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 carbon mm -hmm. footprint and raising taxes on uh, carbon footprint I was like okay that's fine we probably pollute the atmosphere especially living in Los Angeles I know the smog and everything I also know how much uh, taxes we pay on gasoline uh, to lower the emissions and still it's a problem like it never has never been solved so what's happening to the planet and then I started watching these videos with geologists with volcanologists and one thing I noticed that the science is very uh, fragmented that there is no comprehensive review of what's happening and everyone is studying their own subject as if it was existing in vacuum and I was like hmm we need to put these pieces of the puzzles together uh, find out why we have all of a sudden huge amount of floods in one part of the planet at the very same time droughts on the other side so water disappears on one side and appears on the other side mm -hmm. then something's happening to earthquakes and some tension with tectonic plates and so on and um, you know when I joined the project well first of all I just found out about it and I started making my own vlogs uh then um I contacted the them on the website mm -hmm. and uh, uh I've been invited to also participate in making this interview so we started uh, reaching out to scientists of various fields through emails and you know what pandemic was in this sense it was a great opportunity because many people went online and finally like we had a chance to contact some professors teachers from universities across US and world which otherwise they wouldn't be reachable you couldn't just like they usually had some .edu email and you couldn't even reach out because nobody was gonna even answer you on that email and that was the first time when we could actually reach out to them people started giving interviews people started you know actively going online and that's when we started making um international online conferences on creative society and um, what we found out is that um, we live in a great times when technological progress allows us to do a lot and address the climate change issue but there is no request from the society to actually implement those technologies in a way that would be beneficial for the people and this is something we discussed with you uh on the pre-call uh that you know when it comes to technologies we right now we're at the very important part of our civilization development when we cannot be reactive about it we have to be as a society proactive and actually create rules as to usage of AI mm -hmm. prior to the rollout of the technology because once it rolls out um it can be used in a way beneficial for a very small group of people on the expense of the society and there will be no turning back there will be no way back because um, 
it's gonna take over industries it's gonna take it's gonna have so much power over human lives over whole you know big big uh chunks of our economy that we're not not even gonna notice while someone uh, can use the ai to you know take the whole IT sector at first, then the entertainment, and then so on. And uh, it, it can very soon end up being like, you know, kind of like Google uh, mm -hmm. took over the IT market, but on a completely different level when we see that AI tools can generate much better, even when it comes to entertainment scripts, mm -hmm. videos, and the whole film very soon can be a, a film, for example, without actors, we can send some drones take aerial shots and then generate the whole thing including the script and actors uh on the computer which is going to be a huge game changer and it sounded fantastic two years ago when we forecasted so in 2021 we made this international online conference called global crisis this already affects everyone on which the first hour was dedicated to the development of ai and we show that it grows exponentially, meaning we do not see the development throughout first 10 years, but it doubles every few weeks. So mm -hmm. imagine a swimming pool and you fill it out with doubling the amount each time. So at first it's gonna be one drop, then it's gonna be two drops, then it's four drops, but it's still four drops. You're not gonna freak out because it's four drops, but then it's eight, 16, so on. And then the very big part starts happening at the very end because from uh, from half of the pool to the like complete full pool of water, it's it takes the same amount of time as from one drop to two drops, and people do not realize it. That is what's called exponential growth, and th that is what exactly happening right now with rollout of GPT four and much more advanced technologies that are being developed but not available for the public wow yeah like i've heard about artificial intelligence start growing a few years ago but now like all the time there is a new type of uh technology incorporated in different areas uh, of you know professional uh kind of endeavors that people have like you just mentioned um acting and like scripts and in that entertainment world but we also can see uh artificial intelligence being implemented in other type of uh, positions that currently uh people hold but eventually they will be out of jobs so people don't realize how fast it's grown and how, what the power it could hold over you know just uh, regular people who are still uh, trained to do certain positions and they don't know uh, that eventually it could be just irrelevant and maybe we should focus on a different type of uh, skills that we can use in terms of uh, you know seeing ourselves evolving uh, from that point on and working with the technology for our own benefits and also uh AI could be implemented into that new uh, creative format of society uh, if everybody would be, uh, you know, at the point when they start uh, kind of implementing that type of um, format here, 
maybe start from United States and going globally. But uh, I just want your thoughts on how do you see AI being used for human benefit? Oh, absolutely. The amounts of possibilities are tremendous. We cannot even imagine. Like, for example, right now we have uh, with some some of us using smart watches, for example, or uh, we we can measure the amount of steps we did throughout the day. We can, um, I don't know, maybe analyze some food that we bought or ordered throughout the week, and we can uh, measure amount of sleep and so on. But uh, all of that is kind of separated, and there is no uh, one database or one AI that would analyze everything you do. But imagine if you, for example, being monitored 24-7 by your AI assistant who knows everything about you. It knows your age, your habits, uh, the amount of sleep amount of steps what did you eat today and previously what kind of nutrition you get in uh, do you need anything else um, it knows your specific um, for example preconditions or illnesses and sickness or injuries you've been having uh, throughout your whole life and it has access to the database of all uh, human uh, civilization when it comes to medical field so it can analyze everything compared to existing uh, cases that are happening around the world so it's learning 24 7 it knows exactly in which conditions which pills or medications were taken what were the consequences and what is your specific case because you might have something unique that no doctor would possibly uh, be able to you know uh, grasp this amount of information but ai can and the medicine is going to be preventive it's gonna uh it will never allow you to get sick it will give you advices uh, in advance, get more sleep, get this kind of nutrition, uh, do this, do that, and you'll stay healthy. That's an amazing technology. Uh, and it's going to keep people healthy. It's actually the medicine is going to be preventative. It's going to be your uh, best psychologist. It's going to be there 24-7. You're not going to be uh, freaking out in the middle of the night because you have a panic attack and your doctor is asleep. It's going to be there. You put on VR and it knows everything about you. It knows how to calm you down. It knows how to work with you specifically. It knows everything about you. And the medicine will be uh, like the whole uh, process of healthcare is a game changer. But and again, at the same time, imagine the like no one would choose a human doctor over AI doctor because AI doctor is going to be so much more efficient and the cost of it is going to be uh, almost free. It, it can be free actually because it costs nothing. It's just a power of uh, a computer and power used over there. So uh, we kind of like uh, still in this reality where we can't even imagine having something like this that you just mentioned, our personal assistant that has our own needs in place, our own needs as a priority to prevent any type of condition from even happening. So, because nowadays, if you look at traditional medicine, everything is focused on, you know, on treating the symptoms, not really preventative type of measures. Because, at, you know, at some point, uh, pharmacological companies, they are the ones uh, kind of like, uh, you know, in control of what's happening. And people who are with a lot of multiple chronic conditions are the one who 
you know, unfortunately, uh, they are the ones who are feeding those companies and that's for profit. So it's not about human life or for human benefit or, you know, find a way to kind of prevent any type of condition from even happening. So you don't need to take medication because we design to be healthy on our own naturally. You know, we have this building mechanism where we can just sustain ourselves, but because we are off balance, we don't know what's happening and we need that kind of like assistance to focus on what matters and maybe uh, dedicate more time for our self-care and know what's beneficial for our health. And that type of technology where, uh, you know, AI knows everything about you, it could advise you, it could guide you, it could give you information, that would be just amazing tool to have. And uh, that could only be implemented in a different type of, uh, you know, format that we may be living in, and that is possible, like you mentioned. But again, uh, we uh, need to kind of like think about uh, what is the priority and um, uh, with you working on this project and also researching what's happening around the world, we see how everything is off balance and we need to, uh, to be aware that uh, it's not just about us, it's a bigger picture and we have to take care of our planet as well. And if we have tools right now available to us, why won't, why don't we use them all together in order to, you know, kind of like heal the whole yeah, atmosphere and the setting that we're living in and create that type of uh, healthy society that could uh, lead us to a better future, a safer uh, place to live in. Oh, absolutely. That's exactly what we should have been doing, but we're not because our society is still asleep. We're still waiting for some savior to uh, come from out of nowhere and just save everyone. And, you know, um, it's so funny to see it when people think, oh, the next president is going to be the better, better than the previous one or the next senator is going to come here and make a difference. And it never does. And throughout, you know, our conferences, we've been uh, coming across different studies. And one of them was by Canadian Brain Research Institute. And they found out that, uh, you know, uh, people being in power for three to five years, uh, they develop in the arrogance syndrome. And what that means that the whole group of neurons, which are responsible for empathy, is simply stops working because they're not being used. So they atrophy kind of like the muscles that you don't use. And, you know, literally, it's it might sound funny, but by electing people to power, we we give them permanent brain damage. So instead of hurting people like that, uh, empowering them with too much power, what is being offered by the creative society is to actually switch, uh, switch the format of living from the consumer society in which, uh, you know, money and power is uh, the, the top priority. For example, there was and there was this study by Goldman Sachs in which they were trying to contact if it's uh, if it's a good business model to invest into the gene medicine and preventive healthcare. And uh, the article they came up with was called uh, "Developing Preventative Healthcare is Not a Sustainable Business Model Because Healthy People Are Lost Customers to the Pharmaceutical Industry." 
and this is official. This is how you treat your uh, stakeholders. This is how you get investments. You say, do not invest into this kind of things. On the other hand, you can invest into smearing articles against those who try to develop them. Like, for example, um, Anna Wojcicki, uh, the owner of 23andMe, she's been, uh, um, she's been sharing this story about organizing it and how much backlash and how much smearing articles she was getting just because she was trying to roll out something that could potentially help uh, to cure the diseases pre preventatively. So from living in this format where money tops everything, where somebody's profit, and we understand why in pharmaceutical companies and so on, large amount of people that, you know, having student loans, they have to pay them off somehow, they have to sustain families and so on. So it's not because there are some group of bad people trying to abuse the, the society. No, it's just a format of living. It's the rules of the game are set this way uh, in a very inhumane way. So how do we switch from this to something better without, <clears throat> without hurting anyone financially, economically, and so on? And what we found out that like throughout the years of research that all people actually want the same thing. All people want to do well. Like 99.9% .9 of people we're coming across are very good people. And they're talking about the society in which they would love to live. They describe in the very same society, which we call creative society. It can be called in a different way. It doesn't matter. But the point is people want to do well. People want to know that their life is the top priority and not someone's profit or someone's power or hunger for, uh, you know, money and power, but the life. And if we come to the governing society from this point of view, like how do we pass certain law uh, with the with certain criterias, what criterias should be out there for us to actually pass another law? Today, it's some someone paid the lobbyist to go uh, to influential people in DC and or Sacramento or anywhere else and do something that's beneficial for a small group of people. And there are no uh, set of requirements that uh, we should check according to the society. How does it actually influence my life, your life, anyone else's life? And the funniest thing that technologists are right there. We could could have been already living in a self-governing society where people have access uh, to uh, self-governing through online voting platforms. Uh, and on that online voting platform, we could very well uh, verify each law, each proposal as to how exactly it's going to make my life better. Mm -hmm. And if it makes my life better, I'm going to vote for it. And if it makes my life better. I want to know in which exactly way. So I have to be specialists that are going to make some guidelines and say, okay, in this and that way, passing this law is going to put that much money in your pocket within this amount of time or uh, make taxation smaller or make your quality of life better and so on. And this is not happening, not because it's not available or something else, simply because request from the people is lacking. And um, you know, I, I know you've been interviewing very interesting people, and one of them, Robbie Wells, mm -hmm. is actually a person who made this breakthrough, who actually uh, opened up the speech about changing the rules, actually putting the human life on the uh, top shelf, putting it on top of the list, and making laws uh, and the whole legislation according to what makes human life better here in the U.S. And uh, he actually with his presidential campaign for 2024, uh, Robbie Wells rise up 
on platform of creative society he talking about the things that you know used to be taboo like uh, universal basic income and not just that what he says uh, and what creative society is offering is unconditional basic income so meaning uh that is the only way to do it fair because today what's being offered in consumerist format is not fair it's like you're working or not working people ma making same amount of living for working or not working but in creative society everyone is provided with ten thousand dollars a month <clears throat> of this unconditional basic income and in addition to that you can work you can contribute to society and so on and it's very important to understand that uh, technological unemployment is going to happen either way. And what we forecasted at 2021 uh, global crisis, this already affects everyone, that the first people to lose their jobs due to technologies will be not the warehouse workers or uh, long haul uh, drivers. No, it's going to start from the very top elite white collar jobs in the Silicon Valley, the very software engineers who are working on code to uh, create the best AI on our planet, going to be the first ones to be replaced by the very same AI. So they write in the code of their own unemployment. And they're very smart people, but they're not seeing this thing happening, which is uh, kind of have a little bit of irony to it. But you could, you could notice it within past year, uh, the unemployment rate that amount of people who lost jobs in uh, IT were, was about 150,000 people. Uh, only within first months of 2023, it was 80,000 people. So uh, we've never seen anything like this happening. And again, this has been downplayed on the media. They say, oh, it's a bounce back from uh, you know pandemic and so on. But very few people like uh, Microsoft CEOs they say openly and honestly that this is due to development of AI. We don't need that many people because AI solutions making a better amount of work and better quality of work in a shorter period of time mm -hmm. and at a very little expense. So who's going to pay $150,000 to $200,000 a year to somebody uh, whose job can be executed by AI? Uh, and then we're going to see a, a replacement of white collar jobs and blue collar jobs. And only then at the very end, uh, the regular jobs at the, I don't know, Amazon warehouses and so on uh, will be automated, uh, which is sad because today mm -hmm. we could have been already replacing those jobs. Uh, humans are not horses. We're not supposed to be working uh, in fields or lifting up heavy boxes uh, 12 hours and more a day only to make a living. You know, all these jobs can be done by automation and people uh, could fairly share the uh, tremendous amount of uh, profit created by technologies. Robots will be doing, uh, will be even creating new robots and robots will be at these factories. They call them blackout factories because they, they work in the dark. You know, there are factories which uh, were robots uh, creating something generating tools I don't know products uh, in a complete darkness because th there is no human presence there is no need to have lights on and so on so it's called blackout, uh, blackout factories and um, this could be our reality if only we we had this approach where we prioritize human life but because we don't know what to do with a huge amount of unemployed people uh, 
and we don't want to roll out UBI on a larger scale because that doesn't seem uh, like there is a demand from the people. We're slowing down technological pro progress. We're seeing that as soon as Amazon started replacing workers with the uh, machine machinery at its warehouses, there was a huge backlash from government and from employees that we want our jobs. And that's a completely wrong approach. And I'm going to tell you why, because at the pace of the progress of uh, disastrous uh, cataclysms around the world, extreme climatic events, development of AI is the only thing that can save millions and billions hum of human lives within the next decade. And slowing down technological progress at this point is absolutely unacceptable. And again, people are not horses. They're not supposed to work for a living. People should live to enjoy this life and be creative and contribute to the common good. But there is lack of understanding about that. And um, well, unfortunately, events like what happened in Turkey at the beginning of this year, it's a huge wake up call for the society. And the fact that you know, the country that has one of the biggest armies in the world and always praised as that's the most powerful army of Europe, second most powerful army in the world, could not find enough people to actually save, uh, save people from underneath those uh, rubble. Uh, that's a huge tragedy. And that is the consumerist format of living in which uh, we don't prioritize human life. And this is the only way out of this is uh, for people to actually demand uh, demand what uh, creative society stands for. The eight pillars of creative society is that legal change that can be done evolutionary. Uh, there can be no revolution. There can be no violation of law. It can only be done within the legal framework that exists in each country. And uh, it's a very good thing for most of us that in almost in every country in the world, the constitution says that the source of power is people, we the people, we the people, right? Mm -hmm. So when we the people actually decide that we want to change the format from consumeristic into creative mm -hmm. and uh, provide the very same UBI and uh, basic healthcare, universal basic healthcare education and so on, it's not a question of resources. There are plenty of resources. We could have been living in that dream world. And the only thing that stops us is the fact that we don't know about these possibilities. Well, now more and more people know, thanks to podcasts like yours. And thank you so much for inviting us here. Sure, yeah. And uh, sometimes people don't realize that our life is created by us so we're supposed to take responsibility for what we have right now and if we're not satisfied with what we have we have to change our approach to life so something should be changed otherwise we're gonna you know end up in the same place so with us uh actually just you know looking into different direction and uh creating that type of uh, society for ourselves, we would set ourselves for success and we give ourselves a better quality of living. Like you just mentioned with all the technology, uh, it keeps uh, getting advanced uh, exponentially and it's being slowed down only because we're not ready as a society for it. And if only we would just, uh, you know, create that type of uh, environment for ourselves, 
we could be utilizing this type of technology for our own benefits and it would help us it would make our life easier and we can focus on something that matters we can be more creative we can contribute to uh you know humanity in a different ways depending on what your skills are and you know talents are but right now everybody is struggling to keep up you know to just uh make a living and they are willing to do anything but basically what they do they trade their time for money right and time is the most valuable asset that you can have right now but do you have time on your hands to create right a lot of people are in very bad positions and uh but nobody would support them so if they just decided to leave their job uh they become homeless or they could lose a lot you know and they cannot afford that especially having families so how can you be secure and safe and know that you know you can choose what you want to do not because you have to do it right so we have to you know kind of like uh switch our mindset and focus on what matters and prioritize our own mental physical health and also uh look around and what we can do for others as well and for us as a society you know and how can we uh become a single unit and work on it together and not become more divided because with also social media uh we all become you know more separated and that's exactly what uh the purpose of social media is to distract your focus from what matters right and we have to understand that but again it becomes our own responsibility and if you're not if you're not going to take that uh, decision for yourself nothing will change well, that's a very good point. Today, social media are being used to divide us, but it's just a tool as uh, any other technology, and it can be used for unification as well. So the best thing that any one of us can do is to actually learn about the project of creative society or simply have an envision in your mind what would be the society that you would like to live in and share about this on your social media create a post uh, and it's a great thing right now anyone can influence so many people we can uh, make a video reel or a TikTok and get millions of views any one of us you don't have to be a famous star you just have to express your thoughts and if you come in from a positive vision if you come in from the point of view of changing the society for the better making it more humane and just to give you one example of what actually creative society does is imagine how would your life change if you had no fear of uncertainty of tomorrow and that is one thing that's causing so much harm to our psychological state because there are simply no people in the world who are secure and safe about tomorrow and it doesn't matter if you're Jeff Bezos with a multi-billion dollar company that you know will be torn apart by your competitors mm -hmm. and you, you live in this constant fear or you're a simple person who you know not sure if the next layoff is gonna keep me without a job and the ability to pay rent and what's gonna happen to my family how am I gonna put food on the table even if you have a good job even if that you you see your colleagues being laid off in the Silicon Valley and how are you supposed to feel and you live in a constant fear that something might happen to you tomorrow 
and everyone lives in this fear. And imagine society in which this fear is being removed. Everyone is getting this universal basic income and you are secure, you're financially stable. And uh, then we have to, again, address the fears because people like, well, people would stop working then. And that is absolutely not true. That is incorrect. That has been proven in many states where this has been rolled out as a test. And people were uh, people who lost their jobs have been provided with a universal basic income and they wanted to see, will they stop working? And, you know, 99% of people kept searching jobs and kept getting employed because people want to do better. People don't want to set for average. It's a normal human thing to, uh, to want to do better than average. But what they noticed that instead of hopping on the very first whatever job, people become more selective and they start searching for a job that they really like and they want to do and they want to execute and they're going to contribute to it that they're really interested in. So uh, it not only leads to a happier life for you, it also rises up the standards because then the employers start competing against each other to provide you better working conditions and so on because they know you don't need them. You you already covered, but... Hey, we want you to work with us. We're gonna make create great conditions, and we're gonna make sure you're happy working with us. That's a completely different approach to life, and uh, this is what could have been done already if people wanted this. But you know, we we're seeing that so many people simply not aware of this, and that is why we invite everyone to um, uh, to our forum, April twenty second. It's gonna be called Global Crisis there is a way out because one of the most important things we want to show to the people that there is a way out and you know in preparation uh, to this forum we have our volunteers go into the streets all across the world and here in los angeles we've done it ourselves and we ask people would you stop work what would you do with your time if you would be provided with ubi of 10k a month and uh, free healthcare? Uh, people would would say i would pay off my loans which is a big problem as well. People live in a constant fear of having loans. Like, would you feel safe if you constantly owe money to somebody? That's impossible. You can't. Again, that's another thing that's constantly drilling our minds. We owe money to somebody. How am I going to pay it off? And uh, people would be like, I would pay off my loans. And we say, hold on a second. In creative society, the first thing that's going to happen is the write-off of all the loans. We we just we just have to raise it because at current point of our society there is no not only economical there is no mathematical model of paying off all the loans and nobody knows who owns to 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 who because if simply countries around the world would uh, do mutual write offs that thing would be eliminated but current economy is set in a certain way to empower a few and keep people in their constant fear uh, and this is why. Uh, such things as inflation inflation of money exist. You're making money, you create amount of money and it deprecates. Your money simply disappear from your bank account or their purchasing power is going down. And this is not a natural thing. This is artificially created process that people don't even think about usually because we've been convinced this is normal and this is not normal. And again, using AI allows us to create a crisis-free economy in which money would not deprecate in which inflation would not exist, in which there would be a fair distribution of resources, in which 
And it doesn't mean paying freeloaders. No, today we have freeloaders. Today we have people who live on the expense of society, usurping the power, usurping resources. According to the constitution, it belongs to the people, but as soon as it's taken out of our uh, soil and land, it belongs to some private corporation. And um, uh, th that is not right. At some point, we understand this was working, this has been the consumer's format, but right now, if we're not going to change it, we will see a huge problems, not only with mass unemployment, but also with a, a huge amount of refugees. Very soon, we're already seeing that the amount of climate refugees surpassed 100 million people a year. And by the end of this decade, it's going to be billions of people. And imagine what's going to happen to the society when billions of people or more have to relocate. And we're seeing that the, these things are not happening within 30 years or 50 years. They are happening within years from now. And we don't know which country is going to be affected and who's going to have to relocate. Mm -hmm. Maybe by that time we actually, you know, finish building all our walls, we're going to be the ones who are going to have to, uh, to go over them to get to the safe spot. Because what's happening to Kentucky, what's happening to Florida, what's happening to the South and California coast and the whole North Pacific uh, West, this is not normal. This is not okay. And the scale of it mm, is unfortunately uh, only getting larger and the impact is going bigger. And this is something that's been unreported on the media, again, not because... <clears throat> not because somebody is trying to hide this information um, only for the sake of it. No, uh, even uh, governments, they don't see the solution. That's why they don't talk about it. Because in consumerist format, there is no solution. There's everyone fighting for itself, every country for itself, and so on. But in creative society, there is a solution. And creative society as an organization of volunteers is the only organization that's offering the solution. So I wanted to invite everyone to our uh, forum on April 22nd, this already uh, global crisis. There is a way out uh, to actually hear about the solution, about the real scale of events and join. Join if you feel the importance of it. Sure, and I will also include it in the show notes for those who would like to learn more about Creative Society and, and visit the forum that will happen on April 22nd, and that will be online. And you can all participate into, you know, kind of stretching your thinking and thinking about what's possible and that you are the one who could be part of it and to be active participant in any kind of way that you find yourself, uh, you know, helpful for creating that life for yourself. And also uh, a lot of people would think, you know, I'm just one person, how can I change anything? You know, there are people who take, you know, control over everything, but if one of us, like each one of us would, you know, kind of speak up and be part of the whole, movement together that's where we see power i know one person maybe is not enough but again as a unity as we unite together then we will see that everything could be changed and with us kind of willing and be ready to participate in that and seeing ourselves living in a different format, knowing that it's possible, that's where we find our power. And we 
can change it, even with being just one person. So I want everybody to just start thinking about it and uh, and first prioritize our ourselves as uh, like you said, the life of a human being, it should be priority. And you should see that being implemented in the society that you live in. If you don't see it, something has to be changed. I'm so glad that we had time to talk with you today. It was a pleasure meeting you and thank you for sharing your thoughts and wisdom. If any, anything you would like to say in closing for all of our listeners, uh, for those who are still um, kind of you know, undecided or they not sure uh, what to focus on and what's important, uh, what uh, they should start thinking about and like, um, taking a direction towards change? Uh, yeah, well, um, you know, one thing I noticed from speaking to people and conducting multiple interviews around the world and even speaking to strangers, we usually just take cameras, go to Santa Monica or somewhere else and just speaking to people. And when we ask and approaching them from positive uh, standpoint, uh, speaking about society which they would like to live in and so on people open up in a different way and they voice in this kind of things which completely aligns with everyone else it's like 99.9 percent .9 of people want the same thing but you know i've seen this very disturbing thing that each one of them always almost always says that you know other people would not support me i want this but other people will not understand and this is simply because of lack communication because we are not used to talk about the really important things we we gossip in we discuss in our neighbors we love discussing our uh, colleagues uh, some movie stars scandals we have no problem talking about this very negative things and sharing this waste of time basically yeah it's a waste of our time we love doing this because it's common but it's not common to actually speak about the things that are important to you and important for the society and can bring the change and once you start speaking about them you see oh wait hold on a second my life only gets better because i'm starting seeing so much better in the others uh, like everywhere i go and there is a group of people who's already doing a lot and each person that's joining the project or informing people creating tremendous difference because you never know the chain of events that you're going to kick off with your actions maybe out of 10 people even if you tell about the these possibilities to 10 people out of them you never know how many people they will tell and who's going to be among those people maybe a person exactly the decision making people or people who's going to be able to inform uh much more people will be among those people and that chain of events would never happen if you stay silent mm -hmm. so don't be silent that's one thing i want to say have a little bit more faith in yourself not generally but literally have faith in the power of your voice you've never been more powerful than you are today you can reach out to millions of people and this is literally and this is not a big deal to simply start talking making videos and you know self-organize locally if you feel this idea is important don't wait for somebody from the organization to tell you what to do find like-minded group of people locally and start taking actions that would help others to find out about this in your area 
Mm -hmm. make coordination center it can be done online and start spreading information go into local stores local businesses neighbors uh put in logo on cars and demanding this thing i want to live in creative society this has to be the motto of our of our world this this has to be discussed everywhere and then when you go to any coffee shop and you will hear people discuss and we want this change to happen this is when it's going to be impossible to ignore when people are going to say we only going to vote for those who's going to change our life for the better and not rhetorically but literally we want online voting platform and we want eight foundations with human life as the top priority to be embedded in our legal uh, frameworks on country level, state level, whatever level, then it's going to be a real difference. Then we're going to see a concrete changes that's going to change life for the better in evolutionary way with no major, you know, uh, revolutions or anything else. We don't have to go to the streets. We don't have to march. To, we simply have to voice our request. And that's the most beautiful thing about it. Yeah, and also we don't have to be scared of speaking up because I feel like right now this new society uh, format we all you know experience that type of um mindset where we're keeping ourselves like quiet we're not speaking up we're not raising our voice and talking about what's important and we're supposed to know that we're the ones who could create that ripple effect and spread um you know the information that should be heard by others and by simply just um again like knowing what you want for your life and talking about it there is nothing you know extraordinary that you need to do you just need to pass over that fear and not be scared and know that even though you are one person you can still make a difference and everything starts with your decision absolutely and that's why thank you so much for inviting me uh, today it's been a great pleasure talking yeah. to you yeah. and i want to wish all the best to the audience mm -hmm. and wish everyone to find out more about the creative society at the website creativesociety.com especially the section with q a questions and answers and act now the tab where you can find very simple moves that can change the world around you for the better yes so please uh, join thank you so much and it was a pleasure talking to you and i hope you enjoy your day likewise thank you Thank you for listening to my podcast i hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did follow my show and leave me a review i'd love to hear from you to check out intern store go to internpodcast.com stay tuned